0: Hi, I'm Carol Bartlett, and welcome to Creators at the World's Edge, the TechNL podcast, the show that takes a deep dive into Newfoundland and Labrador's thriving tech scene. Today, I speak with Chad Collin, the founder and CEO of Subsea Imaging. Chad is someone who's never been afraid to take the road less traveled, especially if it leads to the bottom of the ocean. You're you're not one to shy down from a challenge either. You've often taken the road that's less traveled. Um, and, And who knows when we diverge in our careers where we're going to end up. But there was a point that you were at a a fork in your career, uh, one looking at being a cook and the other one looking at being a diver.
1: Yeah, when you when you sign up for the the Navy Reserves or any or Army Reserves or any kind of Canadian Forces thing, you do a, what's called an aptitude test, which is like a weird, it's an odd IQ test mixed with a medical and a whole bunch of other things to where they see, they, they kind of judge what your aptitudes are and you pick your top, uh trades or careers with the Canadian forces. And based on the outcome of the aptitude test, they give you options. And my options were uh a diver or a cook, which are two very different things. Uh or and I think it was a naval communicator or something like that, or communication specialist. Um I was I wasn't interested in the third one. Uh so I, I picked Diver because I was told that diver is a rare one that you um, there's only, I think, fifty a year or thirty a year or something at the time that they allow in. Uh, they can only fit so many through the process, through the uh, through the onboarding or through the training process, right? The, uh, the the other kind of boot camp they run, and that's what I went with uh, without even really knowing what it was involved. Uh, but if I went with I went with Cook, which I was inclined to. Um, because my, my grandfather, my great-grandfather was a cook, and I just kind of, I was interested. Uh, yeah, my life would be very different, I feel. Hi, I'm Chad Collett. I'm a founder and CEO here at Subsea Imaging. On the weekends, I do a lot of outdoor activity, whether it's from uh, uh, biking, hiking, trail running, uh, building uh, tree houses for my kids, or working on some kind of Project like that, or just moving big rocks around uh, at the beach. Uh, We're always uh, working on something here outdoors.
0: So you were you were diving in the depths of different oceans on both sides of Canada, um, plus in remote harbors across across the the country
1: yeah that it definitely had a mindset altering effect for sure um it kicked my ass and it it put me into a different completely different work ethic where i uh i would call myself lazy before that point i was a teenager uh before i did that i was 16 17 and I wasn't really in, I wasn't in a mature mindset and it really kicked my butt and put me in a different frame of mind.
0: How how do you think the experience being a diver in the Navy helped you craft out the business um, called Subsea Imaging today?
1: Um, I think from being a diver and working in a lot of different situations, you, you get a different perspective, obviously, um, of how how things work underwater and how challenging it can be. Um, you get the mindset that things have to work correctly and they're first time right. Um, you also get a bit of a uh, motivational boost to, to work hard to make sure things are working correctly for people, they're reliable, and you're not causing people undue stress. And or harm in uh, in having to in having to rework things that should be working right the first time.
0: What is subsea imaging?
1: So subsea is a high tech manufacturer of reliable uh, underwater imaging systems, and we focus on the system side of things <clears throat> instead of just products because uh, what we want to deliver is not just an experience, but a a working set of tools um, to get a specific job done. So if you you need to take underwater digital stills, then we have an underwater digital still system, which is paired with a camera, lights, lasers, and a really fine-tuned user experience so that you can get the work done efficiently.
0: Do you think that your experience as a diver is your secret sauce to building subsea imaging?
1: The secret sauce is our team, honestly. Team is a a team of people that have kind of grown with the company and and, uh, helped me build this company and helped me build the technology. Um, Is the secret sauce. is probably the secret sauce of any company. Um, And uh, maybe like the, the mindset of our product development, which would be more of my doing on the the camera side anyways. Um, This kind of something that influences that would be more of my experiences after diving. I think we're working with another company called Wellpatega Marine in Nova Scotia. And we did a lot of like 3D modeling, uh, photogrammetry, point cloud generation. And we were using camera systems for that work. So it was when I was working there, That I got to use underwater camera systems in a big way. That was kind of the uh, that was the the piece that made me realize that I could make a better camera myself, or at least I thought I could. And I started working on that when I was home uh, in my off time. And then I made a prototype um, while I was working with them, and uh, I got it offshore with some people I knew, and they did some testing. I made a website and that's how we kinda that's how we got started. So that
0: And tell me what was going on in your head at that moment in time where you thought I could build a better camera than what we're using now versus in, in the distance in time versus uh, I'm going to build a company around this camera?
1: It took a few years of experimentation building different prototypes um, before before I actually had something that I felt like was an actual product um, or a prototype of a product even. A lot of things I, I was working on was just kind of hobby grade. And I was working on it in you know, Pearl and um, in my, at my bar actually, down in my basement. I had a whole kind of setup. There was, there was a beer fridge next to my uh, mini lab, I guess, or mini workshop where I would work on all electronics and software. Um, So that was for a few years, I was experimenting with different prototypes and cameras before I, before I made the leap to start putting some big money into it. So the, the time span was like say two years at least of experimentation and development myself. And then when I started a company, I'd already had footage collected offshore with a prototype. I had a website, I had a data sheet, and I had uh, YouTube videos, or I think Vimeo videos at the time, up with footage collected with the product. So it was tangible and real. I wasn't selling an idea, I was selling a real thing.
0: What is the unique identifier with subsea imaging cameras?
1: So our cameras, um, we've really specialized, and we're in a niche market, right? Underwater, deep water, high resolution, high quality. So it's it's very different. So we've specialized in the ability to take high resolution digital stills with LED strobe synchronization, so like subsea flashes, underwater flashes, and uh, 4K and HD recording to the cameras, and 4K live video output. Uh, that's our kind of calling signs for our camera systems. We also have uh, lights that are, op- are kind of hybrid strobes and-, and lamps at the same time, so you don't need both. Uh, and we also have like, some specialized machine vision lasers. So we've got a we got a bit of a toolkit we can put together to meet the needs of every uh, high spec underwater requirement for imaging.
0: Did you think that you would be involved in adventure tourism versus asset management or a combination of both?
1: Uh, I I aimed at oil and gas first because that's what I knew. I went from the Navy to Oceaneering International. Actually, while I was in the Navy, I did electrical engineering tech and uh, then I went oceaneering to as an ROV pilot. Uh, and that's all oil and gas related. And then I went to Albatega doing asset inspections and 3D modeling, which was also oil and gas. So that was our target in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And we grew our business off of oil and gas, but over a few years in, we started to realize very quickly uh, that market is volatile. It's uh, all over the place. If you're based only in that, when it goes up, you'll go up. When it goes down, you'll crash with it. And we started diversifying very quickly into marine science and, uh, and focusing on scientists because they actually have more... Uh, complex requirements, scientists do. They want uh, they want the highest quality and they want to achieve things that oil and gas usually doesn't.
0: What are the requirements for scientific research that subsea imaging is meeting?
1: Usually when you're working with scientists, they have uh, higher spec requirements than, say, oil and gas. Um, they're looking for really high quality imaging, individual images, photos, or 4K video where they can do species identification. They can perhaps use it in publications, right? Like full page blow up spread for a magazine or article or paper. Um, Some species they're looking at, uh, like you might have two species of flatfish, which look extremely close to each other, but the slightly different markings or slightly different change in color So for species identification, you you need high quality imaging, um, and that's one of our specialties.
0: I want to talk about the titanic what does it mean to subsea imaging why is it important
1: uh so we've been for a few years now partnered with ocean gate uh which is a company that is doing a combination of exploration and adventure tourism and our camera uh, one of our uh our, our latest camera system the rayfin is on the on their submersible and it's, it's kind of acting as an industrial GoPro. Basically, that's where we can fit in there. It's, uh, it's sitting on the outside of the submersible. Uh, we have high quality optics on it. It can record 4K and it's documenting uh, each dive of, the, uh, of their uh, submersible onto the Titanic. Um, and we're gonna have hours and hours of footage
0: and for those people who don't know where the Titanic is, tell us a little bit about its current location.
1: Uh, yeah, the Titanic is, I believe, northeast of Newfoundland, off of the, outside the Grand Banks, in about 3,500 metres of water, 3,400, 3,500 metres of water. So it's, you know, three and a half kilometres, I don't know what that is in miles. Um,
0: Remarkable depth.
1: It's very deep, yeah, so it's several thousand feet, and... Uh, All of our equipment is designed for 6,000 meters, so it's no problem for us to go that deep.
0: So tell me about the Colossal Squid Project.
1: So Project Colossal is an endeavor uh, led by uh, Matt Mulrennan, a guy I know down in California. He works for... uh, or he did at the time he worked for the XPRIZE Foundation. I I ran into him at a trade show in San Diego, I believe, or in London, one of those places. And uh, we just got chatting and we kind of, we have a a combined interest in ocean exploration. Um, So he mentioned that there was an XPRIZE coming up uh, that he thought we would be uniquely suited for. And it was a conservation XPRIZE. And, from that, they had a number, 80 different submissions. 20 of them were selected as finalists, um, and uh, three were then selected as winners, and then there was one grand prize winner, which was our team. Um, what we developed was the uh, ACPR, uh camera trap, and it was a benthic kind of critter cam that could be easily deployed over the side of any boat, it would go down to a couple thousand meters of water, and then autonomously collect footage like a camera trap, like one you would, like a critter cam, something you would put in the woods on a tree, mm-hmm. right? But this is this is specifically for underwater. Um, so we developed that, um, and that is now one of our systems. It's not called the Acpr; we just call it the autonomous camera system. And that's one of our systems on our site. So the goal of the Project Colossal, sorry, roundabout way, get back to it. So that's how we started with Project Colossal uh, with the XPRIZE. And um, what Project Colossal is, though, is uh, is an an endeavor to try and raise awareness, conservation awareness in the ocean, and specifically in the Antarctic, uh, to try and collect footage of the colossal squid, which is a squid that's Uh, larger than the giant squid in mass it's not as long but it's it's heavier and it's thicker Um, and the giant the colossal squid in antarctica is really uh, not well documented and not well studied it's never been seen live in the in the in the real world and uh, it's been pulled up a couple times by like russian fishing vessels and and other fishing vessels that are operating down in antarctica um, so Project Colossal, we want to capture footage of a colossal squid to raise awareness of ocean conservation, because there's fisheries happening in Antarctica, international waters, that are really ungoverned, uncontrolled fishery, and they're, they're capturing some really long-lived species that wouldn't have fast reproductive cycles. So there's some concern in the scientific community that these species are going to disappear. definitely absolutely yes it's there's no advantage Uh, there's no advantage to overfishing at all. For long-term, it's a really bad idea. (laughs) It it doesn't make any sense to mismanage fisheries. It should be a renewable resource, literally for a billion years until the sun expands and uh, encompasses Earth. Like, we should have fisheries that are completely self-sustained. And that can be done and managed properly, but we aren't. As a, as a species, we're completely taking as much as we can, as fast as we can, and it's just it's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. I do listen to the broadcast for the conservation piece, right? And am I interested in the fishery? I do listen to the broadcast.
0: So this is the fisherman's broadcast that comes on CBC Radio at five thirty every day. Even though the moratorium happened in nineteen ninety two, now renamed the broadcast, but it still airs.
1: It still airs, yeah. And um, I listen to that. I find it really interesting because I'm kind of I'm very, very tied in with it. Uh, Our clients are DFO and Marine Institute and uh, other related parties and they have an interest in controlling quotas and and doing fishery science and so therefore, uh, and my father is a a fisherman so I'm, I'm really tied in with that side of it. So one thing we've been working on related to that is a tow camera system for fisheries assessment for ground truthing and be able to help define quotas better so that that's another one of those uh, passion projects i would feel but it also has a technology piece which is even better for me if if i can if i can link ocean conservation and fisheries with technology and help everybody get better data to make better decisions uh, that is really attractive to me
0: How does subsea imaging play a role in conservation of saving the oceans?
1: So the way the way that we feel we can make a positive impact on ocean conservation is by making really easy to use uh, imaging systems that can gather the data that's needed to form policy. So what I mean by that is uh, we're working on a, uh, for example, a tow camera system that is going to be fairly, uh, easy to use off the shelf. We're making as easy to use as possible that can be deployed behind a small vessel or ships of ships of opportunity. They're called. So small vessels, uh, with you uh, know that can be operated on lower budgets. And this system can be towed behind the vessel in depths of up to three, 400 meters of water. And what it does is collect autonomously, uh, footage, either video or overlapping digital stills of the seafloor or of the water column. And then what researchers would do at DFO and other places is uh, use that footage to do species counts, right? So you do species count, you tell how many lobster are in the area. And by doing a number of transects and covering the area, you can get a really accurate picture of what's actually there. And then you can use that and extrapolate and scale and, and get your data and tell, tell you what's in the area. And we're trying to make it easy to use and also fast, so you can cover a wide area in a short amount of time.
0: What's the difference between how we're doing it now and what this technology brings to the
1: industry? So one of the, one of the kind of standards for, uh, and you need to recover footage, or we need to recover species to do some biology, right now, right? And you always do. You need to check the health of the species, do maybe dissect them, check for samples, uh, see if there's parasites, etc. cetera, right? So you need to do that. But one of the ways that is commonly done worldwide is to actually recover a fairly huge amount of, uh, you need a lot of data, right? And in order to get that data, you need to recover a lot of biology. Um, so right now they, they do. They, they trawl a marine protected area and they gather, up, uh, they gather up some species and they do counts, manual counts. And they'll also do the biology, which is necessary. Um, but you can't keep those, so they're, they're put overboard again, right? So my long-term goal is to make that a thing of the past completely. So to make that not necessary. Again, you could recover some species, you need to. Uh, but I, I want to get to a point where that's we have a better way. better way is through technology through uh, automated image collection and then some form of eventual machine vision and cap classification system that is robotic and automated and uh, and and does it for you in some way that's the long-term vision so we're building the building block we're starting to build the Lego blocks of that now
0: that's a fantastic vision to have and your technology will actually allow us to count in situ as opposed to removing the resource Uh, from the ocean to count.
1: That's the eventual goal is in-situ live counts. Right now, the goal is to have an easy way to collect the footage and then to run it through our post-processing software calling Subsea Presenter. So you run it through post-processing, then you can use that and export it into uh, these classification systems, which are already in existence. So we're not looking to reinvent the wheel and build all of this ourselves. We're working with partners in other Canadian companies to make winch systems that are spec'd out for this. So we're really a partnership company. We're working with DFO, we're working with AGO Environmental, at uh, working with a company over in Ireland and in UK to build a classification system. We're working with all of these partners to bring together kind of a world-class system that gets the job done in an easy way and is cost-effective.
0: Chad Cullett, Subsea Imaging, uh, entrepreneur, tech leader, living in rural Newfoundland. Thank you so much for your insights
1: today. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: If you have tech stories of your own from Newfoundland and Labrador to share, we'd love to hear about them. Send us an email, info at technl.ca. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Creators at the World's Edge, wherever you get your podcasts to get notified for each new episode. Creators at the World's Edge is produced by David Lang and Stefan Dandino. Edited by Stefan Dandino. The executive producer is Marlene Hardy. Sound engineering by Marco Dula. and original theme music by Elliot Dix, featuring Mick Davis. Special thanks to the Atlantic Canada Opportunities Agency, the Newfoundland and Labrador Department of Industry, Energy and Technology, and the entire team at TechNL for bringing this podcast to life. I'm Carol Bartlett, thanks for listening.